You're listening to The New Paris. The last several weeks have certainly felt like a sea change for much of the world. The fight for social and racial justice in America has awakened minds across the world, including in France, where anti-racist activists are being heard in a way they have always deserved, but were rarely afforded. Still, a lot of people are wondering, what makes this time different? Will it be different? Will this energy be sustained? The pandemic has certainly been an amplifier, but as Jenna Wortham writes in the New York Times, this is the biggest collective demonstration of civil unrest around state violence in our generation's memory. As a result, what happens in Minneapolis, New York City, Atlanta, and towns big and small across the United States matters to the world because the systemic hate is the same. The efforts to curtail miscarriages of justice are the same. Police brutality and unchecked power are also shared pains. All of that to say there's a lot to wade through right now. When it comes to where France falls on this issue, you can listen to some of my previous interviews, like episode 43 with Aida Alami on state violence and anti-racist movements, and episode 45 on race and identity with Thomas Chatterton Williams. But I think it's important to go further. Let's remember that the change and collective anger we're seeing is the result of the activism and scholarship of people who have been doing this anti-racist work for years. Someone like Rokaya Diallo, one of the women I'm excited for you to learn about in my new book. She is a journalist, documentary filmmaker, an activist who is vocal across platforms, TV, radio, and written media, in denouncing discrimination and pushing the country to do better to recognize their role in the impressions faced by Black people in France, as well as Arabs and Asians, and to properly address the horrors of its colonial past. I'd like to read from a piece she wrote for Al Jazeera as it outlines the parallel Black Lives Matter movement in France and why the anger is erupting now. She writes, George Floyd and my little brother died in exactly the same way. These are the words of Assa Traoré, whose brother Adama died in the custody of French police in a Paris suburb in July 2016. Traoré, a 25-year-old black Frenchman, was apprehended by three gendarmes following a dispute over an identity check. He lost consciousness in their vehicle and died at a nearby police station. He was still handcuffed when paramedics arrived. One of the three arresting officers told investigators that Adama had been pinned down with their combined body weight after his arrest. Ever since his untimely death, Traoré's grieving family has been fighting for justice. They launched petitions, organized protests, and commissioned private autopsies to discover what caused a perfectly healthy young man to suddenly stop breathing a few hours after being arrested over a trivial matter. Despite their efforts, however, they did not get any satisfactory answers from the authorities. Last month, French medical experts exonerated the three police officers once again, dismissing a medical report commissioned by the young man's family that said he had died of asphyxiation. None of the arresting officers ever faced any charges over his death. They are still employed by the same police force. Some members of their brigade even received commendations for the role they played in suppressing the protests that followed Traoré's death. George Floyd's brutal murder at the hands of the Minneapolis police and the widespread protests that followed magnified attention on Traoré's death and renewed calls for the French state to address racism and brutality within the police force. I'll link to the full story in the show notes. But this reckoning in France didn't begin with the death of Adama Traoré. 
It's an accumulation of incidents, documentation of institutional racism and its subsequent denial, and public discourse that hides behind the ideology of universalism. France has long been committed to social justice through equality and secularism, arguing that an emphasis on diversity, ethnicity, or race would undermine unity and the social fabric, as New York Times reporter Norimitsu Onishi so perfectly articulated in a story he wrote last week. He also writes that the political establishment, both on the left and the right, remains fiercely opposed to what it regards as an American-inspired threat to their worldview. Taking racial differences and discrimination into account is seen, by extension, as a threat to the republic, where it is illegal to keep racial, ethnic, or religious statistics. But without data, it becomes impossible to measure and properly address the discriminations that exist. And to understand the positioning of the Macron administration, just consider the president's remarks during his national address two weekends ago. He spoke first of the necessity to remain uncompromising against racism before adding that this noble fight is unacceptable when it is taken over by separatists who want to divide French society. Those he accuses of separatism are those demonstrating in the streets, those subscribing to the movement currently led by Asset Traoré and women and men like her. Meanwhile, Human Rights Watch released a report last week detailing the brutal means of exercising police authority in France while targeting minorities, often through identity checks that include intrusive and humiliating body searches, even in children as young as 10 years old. What I will say is that this topic is at the forefront of mainstream discussion in France in a way it hasn't been before, and that's a positive. The work that Rokaya has been doing for over 10 years is perhaps finally visible to people who have only just begun opening their eyes to the enduring injustice on their own soil. I do hope this means that once and for all, the dialogue around race will have a more permanent place in mainstream discussions, where it has previously been the great taboo, the word that mustn't be spoken, the colonial past, something to admit from history books. The American and European context when it comes to racial discrimination may be different, but the widespread denial and white guilt tells us this enduring hatred of the other must be diagnosed and treated as the disease to humanity that it is. For those interested in reading more about these issues as they pertain to France, can check out the, a recent discussion with me and Rokaya Diallo available on YouTube. You can pre-order my book at thenewparisienne.com. I'll also link that in the show notes and the articles I've linked to, uh, which offer wonderful background. A quick note about the book. It releases on July 7th, and I would be so grateful if you would take the time to pre-order now from your favorite independent bookseller. And for those asking, there will indeed be an audiobook that I recorded. That, too, will be available on July 7th on Audible. That's the show for today. You can find all previous episodes of the New Paris podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you stream your shows. Until next time, à bientôt.